Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. To the friendless, yes he is. All of my help, all of my help, all of my help, all of my help cometh from all of my help cometh from the comes from the Lord, then we ought to show some signs. All of your help. I said all. Thank you, Lord. All of my help. All of my help. All of my help. Hallelujah. All of my help. All of my help comes from the Lord. It's personal. All of my health. I'm talking about my health. My personal relationship, my health, comes from not my vitamin B12, not my iron tablets, but all of my health comes from the Lord. Mm, my Lord, my Lord. Oh, we thank you, God. Thank you for doing the impossible. Thank you for going to the places we cannot go. Thank you, God, for answering our prayers. And thank you for loving us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your favor, oh God. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege of worship. We thank God for our streaming audience. We thank God for everyone in the sanctuary. We thank God for those who wish they could be in this sanctuary. And Lord, we thank you for a word. Thank you for Abraham. Thank you for Isaac. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for the table that is set before us. Bless us. Cleanse us so that we might be worthy to call on your name. It is in the mighty and precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. I'm going to get my ears tested, Billy, to make sure that I don't have a hearing problem because some Sundays I just don't hear y'all. You know, I'd be... You know what I'm saying? Hey, Malik, you know when the, uh, well, the Warriors lost the other night, so there was nothing to say, right? Yeah, I was, I was just speechless. Were you? You know? Who's your team? Oh, you back the Warriors? Oh, you think they can come back? You think Poo, You think Green's going to take his medication? Okay. All right. Hallelujah. 
I pray for my team. I don't know about you. You don't pray for your team? Hey, come on now. I know when Draymond hasn't taken his medicine. I know. I got this. I got this. It is such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. And I thank God for his word. I thank God for this week. And I praise God for this moment in my life and in the life of the church. Someone asked me one time, why did I refer back to Old Testament scriptures? And uh, did they have to do that when they preach? And I said, no, I do that because that's the way I was taught to study the Bible. Reverend Rose knows that when you do preaching, they teach you to go back to connect the old with the new. For example, the Exodus is a central event in the Old Testament and the cross is a central event in the New Testament. Israel spent 40 years, Ruth, in the wilderness before they crossed the Jordan and Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness before he began his mission. Moses received the law on the mountain and Jesus gave the sermon on the mount. Pastor, you know what I'm saying? So the correlation is there. And it's great when we take the time to see how the word of God is fulfilled in the New Testament. There were 12 tribes of Israel and Jesus called 12 disciples. The Passover meal of Exodus is in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, saying we talk about and we serve the Lord's Supper as we will today. Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness. And guess what? Jesus was lifted up as well when he was suffering. The word of God says that the Christian life is compared to the wilderness experience. And our relationship with Jesus Christ ought to make us better Christians so that our wilderness experience will be marginalized or minimized. Anybody in here in the wilderness? You need to know that God will give you a way out in the name of Jesus. And entering the promised land in the Old Testament is like entering the heavenly Sabbath in the New Testament. It's important for us to know that God fulfilled his word and everything that he said that he was going to do, it was done. So we praise God for the word. I focus today on the Last Supper because I realize that as a church family that we have become a bit complacent and sometimes we forget why we do what we do. And every now and then we need to be reminded of why we do what we do. Because it's important that we don't show up here and it's just another thing that's not on our checklist any longer. And we need to look at the Bible and really examine ourselves. I cannot examine you. I can judge you, but the Bible says I should not. But we should not judge each other. We should examine ourselves. And when we come to this table, we ought to come after we have a full examination of ourselves. Examine your attitude, your disposition your love of God or lack of, your, the way you treat other people. Are you serious about ministry? Do you care about the hungry? Do you care about the sick? Do you care about those who do not have housing? Do you care about those who are on the streets of Raleigh right now and Cary and Morrisville? Do you care for those who have no clothing? Do you care enough to give to the church so that the church can be a blessing to those who are in need? 
Those are the type of questions that only you can ask and answer for yourself. If you are always number one and your only one priority, I would say that you need to repent today and return to God because that's not the way God created us and that's not supposed to be the way that we live. But the world tells us that it's all right. It's all right to be arrogant. And it's, it's nothing wrong with being confident, but being arrogant is a different story. It's nothing wrong with doing things for yourself. But every now and then, we ought to do something for somebody else and there's no string attached. So the Bible teaches us that our God is faithful. I wish I could have dinner with Abraham. Abraham was old. And there's nothing like being old, I'm finding out. <laughs> Even your hot flashes come back. And I go, Lord, I thought that was over in my 50s. And I found out that men have hot flashes too. So I don't want the women to think that we are on this journey alone. They just won't call it a flash. They just act it out. But the word of God says that Abraham was old. And God made him a promise then. And God told him that he was going to have a son. And Johnny, Abraham was looking at his old feeble body saying, I hear what the Lord is saying, but how can that be? Have you ever been like that? You say, I hear what the Lord is saying, but how can that? You're going to bless me with a son. I'm old myself and my wife is old as well. And Lord, you want me to believe that we're going to produce a child? But you see, faith in God makes you believe in the impossible. And faith in God helps you to believe the things that you cannot see. Have you ever had a desire and the enemy told you it was impossible, but the Lord said, just wait on me, I will provide. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? It looked impossible, but the Lord said, I will provide. So what Abraham teaches us is that we need to have a faith that's so strong that we believe the impossible and believe everything that God says to us. Many of us, we pick and choose what we decide to believe. Either you believe in the Lord or you don't. Either you have faith or you don't. There is no middle ground. There is no little faith. You're either all in or all out. And the issue with most of us is that we're trying to be half in and half out. But if we're going to walk in faith, Judge Julie, we got to walk in the authority that's given to us by Almighty God. But what I love about Abraham is that Abraham looked around and he decided that, yes, I have faith in God. And he said, Isaac, come on, we're going to go up on this mountain. We're going to do what God tells me to do. Don't you love it when I say, I see the wood and I see the fire, but where is the sacrifice? I see the burning fire. I see it, but where is the sacrifice? And at the moment that he was about to give his only begotten son. The Lord sent an angel to say, hold up. Hold up, your faith has delivered you. Hold up, you don't have to follow through. I know you believe in me and my word. I asked myself when I was reading this, Joe, what if that was me? And would I be able to have the faith of Abraham and make the journey to the mountain? And I'm asking you to answer the same question. How far will your faith take you? 
Downtown Cary? Apex, maybe? Holly Springs? I don't know. Some of us might make it to Greensboro. But is your faith grounded in the Word of God? And regardless of your circumstances, you will believe God, and it doesn't matter what you see in the physical. Human flesh deceives us, but God blesses us. Human flesh misleads us. That's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. God had given them everything. You know the story, but the flesh interfered. And there's a battle going on right now, even in you, between the flesh and the physical. The physical is saying, I wish you hurry up and we can get out of here. And the flesh is saying, I got other things to do. But the spirit is saying, you need a moment with me so I can cleanse your heart so you can come to this table. You need heart surgery. You need to be cleaned up because you've been out there all week long. You didn't come to Bible study, you don't pray, you don't show up, but we have to understand how the world operates. Can I get a witness? Abraham was not conceited. He was humble enough to follow the instructions of God. And in my own life, I realized that I have not always followed the instructions of God. Have you, anybody else guilty? Anybody else guilty of not following the instructions of God? Come on, I got more than eight people here who have not followed the instructions. If you don't know who you are, call me. If you don't know who you are, call me. We had deacons meeting yesterday and we had a fascinating discussion. I think our deacons are exceptional because what I find, let the church say amen. The church stand up and give God praise for our deacons, our spiritual leaders. Amen. Come on, they work hard. Come on. Come on. I don't know many churches that follow up and look for those who are missing in action. Most churches say, fine, take them off the list, drop them. Who cares? but we continue to follow up and call. And I'm making those statements because it's important for us to know that we have a responsibility to be present. And we have a responsibility to be who we say that we are. And people ask me all the time, why do you always use titles when you talk to people? Because titles help us to understand our place. Because if you're a minister, you're supposed to act like a minister, walk like a minister, and talk like a minister. If you're a trustee, you're supposed to walk like a trustee, work like a trustee, show up with a shovel like the trustees and do the trustee work. If you're a deacon, you're supposed to handle the spiritual affairs of the church, and you need to be spiritually grounded, and you need to walk like a deacon and talk like a deacon. And that needs to be a spirit about you that allows us to see God. If you're going to be the praise team, then you need to lead us in praise. But if you're flat, how can you lead us in praise and you're not praising yourself? Oh, you ought to come on and say amen. We ought to be who we say we're going to be. If you're going to be the pastor, then you need to be the pastor. Act like the pastor, walk like the pastor, talk like the pastor. But you see, I use titles because it reminds me of who I am when I walk in this house. We need to know who we are when we walk in the Lord's house. We need to know who we are when God blesses us and what we have been called to do. 
And you see, power comes when you know what you've been called to do. Many of us are confused and we don't know what we've been called to do. Therefore, we are not happy when we're in the Lord's house. But power comes when you know, as my grandmama would say, who you is. That's what my grandmama would say. When you know who you is, you got some Holy Ghost power. And it doesn't matter how people talk about you. It doesn't matter who doesn't speak to you. It doesn't matter who doesn't say thank you. It doesn't matter who doesn't return your phone calls. I call this sermon an invitation you should not refuse because what I've learned in life is that many of us accept invitations we ought to deny. Many of us. We end up in places we should not be. We end up at receptions and parties with people that we should not spend a minute with. We end up in spaces. I remember in the corporate world, which is one of the things I really did not like, is that you had to go to these social gatherings and look a certain way and walk a certain way and talk a certain way and even drink scotch if you didn't like it because that's what the boss man gave you that day. By invitation only. But when you walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, you begin to show up at different gatherings in the name of Jesus. And what Jesus is saying to us in the Luke test is that we need to be clear on who we are and what is our assignment. Then we can carry it out, Pastor, and we can do it knowing that there is someone at the table who's going to portray us. You ever been portrayed? You ever been portrayed? Have you ever trusted someone with your heart and then you realize that they didn't love you at all? Have you ever trusted anyone with your secrets and you find out that eight people know by midnight? Have you ever trusted anyone and you discovered that all they wanted to do was get your business so they could share with everybody else? Have you ever trusted someone, even in your own family? who didn't do what they were supposed to do. The word of God says that they, Jesus had called them together. Can I get all the preachers in the house to say amen? amen. Oh, we got 12 preachers now, say amen, hallelujah. The word says that the last supper was during its nighttime hours and Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. So here he is with the disciples. And these are the men that Dr. Lachelle, he has spent his time with. And this is his last day. He's moving towards his assignment. Isaac in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament. And they gathered and they shared. One of the things that I want us to remember today is that when we gather and share as the people of God, Sammy, we ought to act like and be like God. And when we come to the presence of God, we need some formality so that we understand that everything is not acceptable. And we need to understand, because the Bible says that we need to ask for forgiveness before we come. And Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. But if you can't do it in the remembrance of the Lord because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then something is wrong. And we need to understand that Jesus called them out. 
and Jesus has a heart for us. And what was going on here is, I mean, you remember Peter, don't you? Don't you remember Peter, arrogant Peter? Yeah, obnoxious Peter, knew everything. And he was the one who denied Jesus three times. How many times have you been betrayed by someone you trusted? How many times has this happened to us? Jesus began the meal by saying that he would suffer and desire to eat this last meal undisturbed with his chosen apostles. And then the word of God says that Judas, Judas, Judas betrayed him. Ever been betrayed, disavowed? I thought I could trust you with my heart. I thought I could trust you with that phone being off, but I don't know. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. So Jesus is saying, why are you laughing? They think I don't have a sense of humor. I just, you know what I'm saying? How are you going to think about Jesus and look at your phone at the same time? It doesn't work that way. We need to stop lying. It doesn't work that way. You cannot read your text messages and be in worship at the same time. You cannot love the Lord and be having an affair with Jesus and you on your phone. You cannot text messages and drive at the same time. And you need to repent because we lie and say, I am not driving, and we really are. I'm guilty too, Lord. We need, to, we need to clean up our act. You know what I'm saying? We need to clean up our act. Some of us need to go in and get our annual checkup, get your colonoscopy, your endoscopy, because we need to get these relationships right. If you're only going to get one relationship right, make it Jesus. If you're only going to do one relationship, make, Eddie, make it Jesus. And some of us are so busy trying to make every relation so we can be popular, so that people will invite us, places that we don't need to go. We need to learn how to be in here first. <laughs> we need to learn how to dress. Somebody said to me, why, why are you, oh, wear your robe today? I said, well, because sometimes people need to know I have robes. That's one thing I learned about the church is that when I was growing up in the old, in the old church, and I met, look at this lady over here, Miss Julia uh, Gibraltar, look at her. She started getting dressed Saturday night. <laughs> Every Sunday she comes in here as if she is an actress from Hollywood. <laughs> and I don't know where she gets all these outfits. I told her today, I'm putting her in my video for the church because I'm gonna be with her and they're gonna say I have style whether I do or not. But that was a time in the life of the church when people got dressed up. The women wore hats that were so broad, those brims you remember that would knock you in the face. Look at Sister Sh They would dress up and all of a sudden we change into a world where it says you don't have to be dressed up to praise the Lord. No, you don't. You need to be dressed up spiritually to praise the Lord. What you dress up physically, because what I learned that a lot of people with those big hats and fine suits were mean people who didn't love the Lord. They were just dressed up. But when you dress up in the spirit your realm. When you dress up in the spirit of God, you can take on anybody, anywhere, at any time. When you dress up in Holy Ghost power, you can sing to the Lord. Raise your hand and say, I thank you, God, because you have provided for me. I thank you, God, that when I couldn't do for myself, you showed up, oh God. I 
when I had nothing at all, you showed up. It's time for us to give God some praise and some honor and some glory because we serve an awesome God. I don't know what your situation is, but I do know the Lord will provide. I do know the Lord will provide. Can I get a witness? He will provide in the morning, in the noonday, in the afternoon, in your midnight hour. And we need to show up in the right place at the right time with the right motive and do the right thing in the name of Jesus. On this day, I'm asking everybody to come to the altar. And before we have communion, we're going to pray as the people of God. I don't want to know your stuff. You know it. But come to the altar and ask God for forgiveness for what you have done that is not pleasing unto the Lord. And if you've been righteous all your life and you haven't done any wrong, pray for somebody else in the name of you. Pastor Joseph, come. These are prayers of repentance. If you're so holy, you haven't done anything, then you stay right where you are and pray for somebody else. But all of us need to repent. And all of us need to do what Jesus was doing the night of the Last Supper. He said, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me and what I have given unto you. Thank you. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 963-5198 or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again and